Chris Pratt trained velociraptors. You can't even train these cats, mate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, episode number 24, Jurassic World. I'm Gav. I'm Austin. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. Basically, we are four lads from Liverpool who love to sit around and bitch about films. You could say we're a flock of Spinosauri. I get that. <laughs> I think I get it. You, you get that one? I think so, yeah. Thank God for that. Flock Finally. of seagulls. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was trying to think about like aquatic uh, beds or... Anyway, it doesn't matter, right? Okay, well, I tried, to tried, I failed. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. As you might have heard, once again, our good friend Captain Dave is not here. He's still on holiday, having a grand old time. Uh, so we have hired in a very good replacement in the form of our sounds producer, Austin. Hello, Austin. Hello, so if you've never heard this show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. Uh, we also have a lot of fun uh, songs, quizzes, trivia, banter, etc. A load of other things. But before any of that, we're going to go on to one of our regular pieces of the show, which is the news. Hang on. That's very that great. Well done. Like that. well, done. Yeah. well done. But remember that, because I'm going to bring it up later on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what we do here is we go around in a circle and we each raise a newsworthy topic uh, that's happened this week. So without further hesitation, Alex, what's your piece of news for the week? Uh, my piece of news is uh, Community. I don't know if you guys have watched it. Remember, it was on a uh, comedy show about uh, people going to community college in America. Uh, is trying to make get a movie made. So I, 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 who's watched Community? Not me. I have watched Community. I yeah. really liked yeah. it. Yeah, I watched it. I, on I all thought of it was it, I amazing. <laughs> I liked the first three seasons, and then I felt mm. it went off a touch. But it was still amazing in the first three. So I don't know. I, I, I I'm not sure if I'm massively excited about a film because sometimes I'm not sure if it's going to quite translate. But they could do it. They, I mean, it was so good in the first three. I also yeah. feel like so much. When a series has gone on for so long, do you still need a film? Yeah, they you know, sort of. Can you do like something with it? I don't think they yeah. had a, a good closure though, because what? Because the reason you like the first three series is because that was written and um, produced by Dan Harmon, who is the co-writer and co-producer um, of Rick and Morty. Yeah. Uh, so he left after series three because he had a disagreement with Chevy Chase. Um, so no. he left his own I show. Somebody had a, someone had a disagreement with Chevy <laughs> Chase. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot nice, believe he's that. Such a nice he's man. The <laughs> impartial and forever friendly Chevy Chase. Yeah. Uh, so he left his own show, and then Chevy Chase decided to leave after series four, and then series five, Dan Harmon came back. Uh, ah. But by that time, I think uh, you know it's they'd worked themselves into a few corners. Yeah. And once I think Donald Glover left, it was a bit downhill from there for me. But yeah. and nonetheless, I am actually excited well, to see the film. Yeah. It's Dan Harmon who's in talks to make the film. Oh, so. right. Oh, well, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. So it could be good. That's good. I mean, I think Rick and Morty is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I think it's yeah, one yeah. of the best TV shows ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was, that I Rick and was that a Rick and Morty uh, reference there? No, no, that <laughs> was me. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> waxing lyric. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Joel, what's your piece of news of the week? Well, I find it quite difficult, actually, to find some news these days that isn't either superheroes or Star Wars. To be honest, literally every news site is just dominated by those. But one that did stand out, which was pretty funny, was um, Sasha Baron Cohen has actually offered to pay the fine for a bunch of tourists who were arrested in Kazakhstan for wearing bright green mankinis, which is obviously <laughs> made popular by the film Borat. So I thought that was quite nice of him. You know, Borat's probably his funniest film, I would say. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, nice little gesture. The one he's most known for, isn't it? To yeah. be fair, I think it's probably the least that he could do, considering that he he, he was the one that created that idea. <laughs> you know, if he had made that film, then people wouldn't be on the beach of Kazakhstan in uh, Breakery Mankinis, so... I yeah, but in the same sentence, it's like saying, you know, when you play GTA, they blame that for people going robbing cars. You yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's not yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but he literally came up with bright <laughs> green bankinis. Uh, I, I, yeah. I've just heard that Kazakhstan, well, like the Kazakhstani, like, <laughs> tourist foreign ministry just absolutely hates Sasha <laughs> Baron Cohen, like, absolutely yeah, yeah. hates him. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you've ever seen the film and if you've ever been to Kazakhstan, it's, you know, quite 
different um yeah but I and it's depiction of it especially in the very opening scene <laughs> no, I know. you know where it's it, yeah know. it's like it, it, isn't there yeah. a bit where he's 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 kissing a, uh, a goat or something and he yeah. implies that his sister's his girlfriend <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's very very bad it's a lot of jokes about kazakhstan yeah well, so uh, unsurprisingly that, uh, that note about uh tourist boards hating films uh yeah. we got told the same in bratislava they uh hate the hostel Oh really? Yeah, because uh, it, it decimated the tourist industry in uh, in Bratislava for a few years. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you could yeah. you could imagine as well the amount of people that would be terrified to go. Yeah. Because something like that might happen. Wow. So it does affect actual cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Joel. But to get on to uh, the usual topic of superhero news, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to mention that uh, Ben Affleck uh, the other day. Uh, kind of perhaps opened a window for him to exit the Batman or, or you know, DCEU franchise um, by saying, um, with regards to an exit of the Batman character, it's something I'm contemplating. You don't do it forever, so I want to find a graceful and cool way to segue out of it. So he's already talking about perhaps leaving um, or, you know, hanging up the cowl. And um, there's talks of other Who's actors replace? replacing him. So one of the hotly tipped actors to replace him is Jake Gyllenhaal. So how would people mm. feel about Jake Gyllenhaal playing Batman? Or are people still happy for Ben Affleck to keep on playing the role? I've never watched Ben Affleck play the role in any films. So he's not really Batman for me. And uh, I love Jake. I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal's on an absolute hot streak. He's made some fantastic, like Nocturnal Animals he made recently. He did uh, Nightcrawler. And he was absolutely incredible in both of those. And I think another one, which I can't quite remember now. So I hope he doesn't take Batman because he's making some really interesting film choices. And mm. I, I love him. So I hope he doesn't for that reason. I think um, he should give it a, another film or two, to be honest. You know, I think uh, I know Justice League hasn't done amazingly well with View Rise, but it sounds like people are warming to both him and um, the Superman character as well apparently comes out of uh, Justice League uh, relatively better than in Man of Steel does. So I think I, I'd like to see him kind of carry on maybe a film or two. I think it's a little bit early to hang up the you know, hang up the cape, so to speak. Well, I think one of the reasons he's talking about it is because of how poorly Justice League has performed at the box office. So it, so far, it's the weakest one of the um, new DC universe. Including Suicide Squad. Including Suicide Squad. Wow. I think so you could still blame Suicide Squad for that. Yeah. But it's, it's, so it's um, got a, a, from the opening weekend, 96 million, and they were hoping for at least 150 mil. So it's uh, missed by quite a wide mark there. But yeah, Austin, are you happy for Ben Affleck to continue? Have you seen any of his stuff? Uh, I've only seen one, I think. It was, it was all right. I wasn't. Uh, it's just Batman for me. It's just normal. Yeah. It didn't seem great or bad. It just. I'd have. I'd be happy for him to carry on. I'd probably watch another film. So originally, he took on a five-film <laughs> contract, um, and it's they're unsure if one of those films included the Suicide Squad because it was such a brief cameo. But if it were to include Suicide Squad, he's only appeared in three so far, so he would uh -huh. potentially have another two. One of them being the solo Batman film, which has had a lot of issues recently. So uh, maybe he's just looking for a way out of that. It's hard to go back, though, when you've done a big Justice League film, right, to go back to a solo film and it still have the stakes still be the same, you know, yeah. if they do like yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a funny way of doing it. It's kind of like the solo film as well. It could it could work out, you know. Just look at Wonder Woman. You yeah, know, yeah, I was never kind of excited for that film, but that film, I think, surprised pretty much everybody. You know, Batman could certainly work out the same way. So, you know, I think he should just wait and see. Personally, it's, it's not quite the same, but I suppose Iron Man went back to a solo film as well, yeah. didn't it? So yeah. yeah, I think they all have to be honest. Um, and I think it's going to be directed by the guy who did um, the the new Planet of the Apes films, uh, which I really, really enjoyed, to be honest. So if he has the same writers and same uh, kind of direction styles, then maybe I think it could be a good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on, Austin, what's your piece of news for the week? Uh, well, tying in with uh, this week's theme, actually, uh, today was a snippet of a teaser of a trailer for the new Jurassic World film that Joel mentioned a couple of weeks back. Um, it was wonderful. It was probably three seconds <laughs> of uh, Chris Pratt and a dinosaur. I mean, which which really, t I mean, that's shocking yeah. stuff for Jurassic <laughs> yeah, yeah. World is too, isn't it? I think that's all that it is. <laughs> just, that is a dinosaur. It's, it's a baby dinosaur 
and Chris Pratt stroking it. That's it, that's the clip. You were saying though that it looks like a pretty good. It's a good. It's a very good dinosaur. It's a good yeah. dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they blew all their budget in that one three second clip. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. So so this is a teaser for a teaser for a teaser for no teaser for a teaser for a trailer. It, I think so. Yeah, that, oh, that's what from what I've read. That's what it, it is. Never happens yeah. to just releasing a trailer. Why have we yeah. got to have teasers? Uh, and no. then what would have maybe been more exciting is maybe. You know, showing some teeth or like skin of like um, you know, a, a new dinosaur or something like that. Stroking a baby dinosaur, what does that do? You know, for anybody? I, 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 are you asking? Is that a rhetorical <laughs> question? I, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, fe- I felt yeah. a tingle. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, hopefully, we'll go into a bit more detail about that later on. But thank you very much for the news, guys. Oh, poo and gum. <laughs> It's very hard for me to play this with my big fat <laughs> sausage fingers. <laughs> I don't think I get enough credit. Anyway, right. So, as you heard earlier, this is Films on Trial, and we basically take a film and put it on trial. It's as simple as that. We take films out of the hat at random, and we also pick the roles at random. So this week, acting as the defense of Jurassic World is going to be Joel, who is going to be trying his best to get the film placed on the hit list. Acting as the prosecution is going to be me, and I'm going to be trying to condemn the film to the shit list. Then there's Austin, who's going to be acting as the character witness, and he's going to give his genuine opinion and throw some weight behind either side of the arguments. And then finally, in the most important role, we've got Alex, who's going to be playing the judge. And his role is to listen to both arguments and decide which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments that are put to him and not his own opinions. So, without further hesitation, should we give a bit of a synopsis about the film? Yes, please. Uh, So how would you like this one to be done? Richard Attenborough. (laughs) Oh, God. Come on, man. Okay, I can't even remember. It's been so long. Um, A new theme park built on the original site of Jurassic Park creates a, a genetically modified hybrid dinosaur which escapes containment and goes on a killing spree. That's pretty good. good. That's very pretty good. I don't know. I threw you a curveball there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hit it back. Yeah, I was I was anticipating Jeff Goldblum to be honest. <laughs> I was oh, just like, yeah. I hope how he w- doesn't say Jeff Goldblum. Oh, I was going to say, how would you have done it as Jeff Goldblum? Uh, just lots of pauses. <laughs> I think uh, a, a new a theme park. No, it's Christopher. It's Christopher Walken. Walken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. So moving on, Alex, please. You're the judge. How would you like to kick things off? So, um, I, you know, fair fight, guys. Uh, I know we've. I know it's quite strong opinions. We've been talking about this one for quite a while off air, so it's good to get it recorded down. Uh, is there anyone who would particularly like to go first to get their argument out there? No. All right. Well, Gav's just pointing at me. So okay. So Joel, as defence, uh, you know, what, what, what do you love about this film? Okay, so I'm just going to start off really, I mean, I've got two points. Uh, the, f- the second one is kind of more ca- characters and, and the actors. So I'm just going to start off uh, with kind of a basic overview of the film. Um, so obviously Jurassic Park, the original came out in 1993. So depending on it, if you liked Jurassic Park 2 or if you like Jurassic Park 3, you've potentially been waiting, you know, for around 22 years for a worthy sequel here. So it, it broke, sorry, Universal's all-time Thursday night preview record. It then, on the opening day, which was a Friday, it tore up the box office history, making an, a whopping $82.3 million, and globally it smashed everything in sight. The first film to ever gross the $500 million mark in one weekend. So numbers-wise, like, you know, it speaks for itself. Very, very successful. So this is the type of film, you know, if you've had a bad week, a bad day, whatever, you've got a lot of stuff on your mind, you can just watch this film and you can just get, you know, totally engrossed in it. You can completely switch off and enjoy the ride. And sometimes that's exactly what you want. You know, I'm sure everybody here has had that situation where you're thinking what what you want to watch and you just really just don't have the stomach or mental capacity to put on something like a Blade Runner, which you have to concentrate for three hours. This is just like a, a really decent film just to kind of switch off and kind of get engrossed in. So um, it's it's a good movie. It's not a great one. You know, the storytelling and the characters do have flaws <laughs> if you overanalyze them, but it's still like a really entertaining thrill ride. Um, so going back to the film overall, you know, 
like Gav said in the uh, little synopsis there, it goes back to the original island, which is Isla Nubar. So John Hammond's vision has basically come to life. The park is everything he wanted it to be in the original, and obviously now it's fully operational. It oper- sorry, to increase its profits and drive more visitors to the park uh, because they are seeing diminishing returns. They make a new, bigger, scarier, and cooler dinosaur uh, basically with more teeth. So, I mean, the plot there is very, very simple. You know, I've said before, I've done film reviews before, things like Wreck, you know, it's a very, very simple plot. The profits are falling, so they make a new dinosaur. You know, there's a reason for that. So the characterizations, you know, I will touch on these a bit more later on, but everybody in the main crew kind of does a decent job. There aren't as characters, sorry, there aren't characters as memorable, you know, as the original people like, uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum and Malcolm or anything like that. But it is unfair to compare this movie to the original. It does stand alone uh, in its own right. So Trevorrow, I think that's how you say his name, and writing partner Derek... Connolly, they do make quite a lot of shrewd choices here with their screenplay. They use two teenage boys as an excuse to to tour the park. And that's literally what it is, you know, it just kind of shows you the park. They are, yeah, the reason you get to walk around, all that type of thing. So the characters in Jurassic World, they're highly self-reflexive and they're given each well-defined purpose and motivation. You know, they are uh, reasonably thin characters, but as I said, you know, they all do have their own purpose and motivation within the film. So, taken entirely on its own merits, Jurassic World, it's big, it's exciting, and it's well paced. The tension is wisely doled out so that the action and disaster never really feel far away. You know, it's not one of them films where, you know, when you see the kids, you know that they're going to get caught up in it. You know, when you see uh, the Indominus, they've made a new dinosaur, you know, it's going to escape. You know, there's never a moment when. The Indominus escapes, and you're like, "Fuck! I did not see that coming." <laughs> you know, it's one of them films where you, you know it's gonna, you know it's gonna happen. It, it's it's about kind of how it unfolds and how exciting it is. So, the movie really kind of comes into its own uh, when you know the shit does hit the fan. You know, I was literally on the edge of my seat for pretty much the final third of the movie, and some of the nods to the original kind of nail biting moments, sorry, nail biting moments, they do come hard and fast, but they don't really detract from what is, you know, a fantastic climax. There's a really kind of brutal scene in this movie, I thought. You know, and I think I defy pretty much anybody to have not been shocked by it, especially because it's a PG-13. It's the babysitter when she gets picked up by uh, the pterodactyls. Uh, She gets dropped in the Mosasaurus uh, tank, and then they pick her up again, and you think she's escaped, and then the the Mosasaur actually swallows the, uh, the dinosaur and the girl whole, and it actually marked the first female death of the series as well. So when I watched that, you know, it was very, very shocking, especially for a PG-13, and it was, uh, you know, especially fun to see as well. And then the kind of climatic scene uh, is the T-Rex and the raptors, and they team up basically to fight the Indominus. And it is the original T-Rex as well. It's the T-Rex from the original, uh, who's nicknamed Rexy. So there is kind of like a nostalgic feel all the way through this movie. And yeah, you know, if you kind of overanalyze things, it is kind of ridiculous that they decide to team up to fight a bigger threat. But it's really thrilling and, you know, it's fun to watch nonetheless. And like I said, this is not a film where you watch it, you overanalyze the characters, the plot, anything like that. This is just a film that you watch, it takes your mind off it, you enjoy it, you're on the edge of your seat. It's a thrill ride, you know, you, you're just not meant to watch this film. Uh, and, you know, like I said, something like a Blade Runner where you get encapsulated in all the characters. So the CGI, you know, it's excellent. The Indominus Rex looks very, very real. It's scary. Uh, there's lots of recognizable dinosaurs now as well. You know, you've got Rexy, the T-Rex. The, it, she still has the original claw marks, the scars. Uh, you've got, like, the blue raptor called Blue uh, with the blue uh, markings. You've got the Mosasaur, who's who was uh, a very cool addition, and apparently uh, the that scene where it eats the... Um, the Great White Shark was the director's favorite scene in the in the entire movie. You've got the flying dinosaurs, the pterodactyls. You know, the attacks are shot and edited so combustively that, you know, you don't really need, like, all the blood splatter or anything like that. The fluidity with which the dinosaurs weave around the humans, it's just enough to convince you that they are really there. And you can tell, you know, just by watching this film uh, that there are dinosaur experts who worked on the film that really know their stuff. So just to finish, you know, two decades on, the film undoubtedly steps up to its own plate. It's in keeping with the overall philosophy philosophy, sorry, of the franchise. 
and it does it bigger and better, if not narratively a little bit weaker than the original. Oof. All right, well, you brought your A game there, Joel. Like, uh, so, Gav, uh, it's a box office smash. It's perfect action films, total escapism. doesn't have to be as good as the original. It sets out its own stamp in the Jurassic uh, franchise. Um, it's shocking scenes, but it keeps the line well. It's thrilling and it's fun. It's got great nostalgia and tons and tons of dinosaurs. <laughs> so, Gav... What what what's your proce- what's your line of prosecution on this one? Uh, so first off, when Joel said that um, it's a separate film, I don't really think it is. Uh, there are so many nods to the original film, as you said, it's laden with nostalgia throughout. It just can't escape the original film. It's almost like every scene. There's just we're reminded again of how great the original was. Uh, so I'm just going to try and cover a few of the points that you made there. So talking about the original park itself, or you know this new park, when you think about the first glimpse of Jurassic Park in the 1993 film, it was absolutely awe-inspiring. The first time that the helicopter comes over the island, the first time that Sam Neill sees the big hill and he sees the dinosaurs coming towards it, these are like genuine emotions. And when you think about the first time that we actually see Jurassic World, it is completely flat there's this bland it has very little time spent focusing on it and it is so poorly designed with many 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 safety issues Uh, a few of the things i want to say is why isn't there a bigger gap between the mosasaurus and the crowd you know when it it jumps up it just seems like there's a front row right there ready for it to uh, land on Uh, why isn't there a kill switch on the uh, gyrosphere Uh, why is it allowed to roam freely amongst the herbivores even in jurassic park they had electrified fences between the visitors and the herbivores. So how are they allowed to go off-road in this new world in the first place? Uh, if <laughs> This is my point here. If, if as the shopping trolleys, I've got a system that's built in to prevent them from leaving the premises, why haven't these gyrospheres got something similar? Asda, is... by the way, is a UK supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Uh, there's a scene where children are actively playing with and on dinosaurs. If you can't do that in a farm or petting suit now, why would you be able to sp- uh, ride around on dinosaurs that have had millions and millions of pounds spent on them um uh, you know it's nobody is allowed to kill the indominus rex because it represents millions of dollars of investment but all of the baby dinosaurs that are left unattended with these small children are just fair game for some reason <laughs> like you mentioned the uh, cgi as well the special effects once again we're constantly reminded about the original film you said that the original t-rex is in it and for some reason this uh, t-rex looks considerably worse 20 years years later how can a film that was made more than 20 years beforehand look better mainly it's because of the extensive uh, use of prosthetics and visual special effects there are so many times in this film where the cgi looks very very poor the scene with the mosasaurus eating the shark is particularly bad Uh, the reason is is that spielberg used as many practical effects as he could and then he laid cgi on top of them where necessary it looks so much better and it evokes better reactions from the audience and the actors themselves Colin Trevorrow tomorrow, however, has been incredibly lazy and he's basically just used CGI from scratch. Uh, not only is it very, very costly, but it's it, it's so easy to create CGI dinosaurs these days that he's just gone completely overboard. The wow factor from the first film that we feel is completely gone and it just becomes another generic blockbuster CGI fest. Uh, they try to up the wow factor by multiplying everything from the first film. More dinosaur attacks on humans, more dinosaur attacks on dinosaurs, more explosions, more CGI, so on, so on. I mean, the first film was almost like a horror. It was full of slow building tension and awe-inspiring scenes uh, from the first very first cgi bird that we see in this one to the very very last implausible dino attack trevor's approach is incredibly lazy and uninspiring now you mentioned the dinosaurs briefly i just want to go into a bit more detail about them first how did the indominus rex even escape in the first place it fools everybody into thinking that it's left the enclosure by using camouflage then Three members of staff, including our hero Owen, who is a so-called dinosaur expert, foolishly venture into the paddock to check it out. 
Uh, we're later told on that the dinosaur has a tracking device in it, uh, and they already know that the dinosaur can use camouflage. So why on earth didn't they just check the tracking device before they went into the paddock? It just makes no sense at all. I mean, you know, these guys are supposed to be dinosaur experts, for fuck's sake. Uh, even, right, how can this brand new species of dinosaur communicate with raptors? There's a bit, Joel mentioned later on, completely implausible, where the dinosaur, uh, the Indominus Rex, teams up with the raptors by having a brief, like, 15-second conversation <laughs> with them. Uh, they, they, it's just completely illogical. How would a, a dinosaur that has been bred completely new, it's used a load of different genes, and it's been kept in isolation from birth, how would that be able to know their language? It's like me being able to communicate with an Italian on holiday because I have Roman ancestors. It just doesn't make any sense at all. They, they, they quickly ignore the fact that Owen is their alpha as well, which is highlighted very early on in the, in the, in the film. Um, and the T-Rex just turns on them in the last minute. Uh, it's very bland, it's underwhelming, and overly reliant on CGI. Uh, also, another dinosaur in it, Joel mentioned, is the Mosasaurus. I've just got to ask, where did they get the DNA for this aquatic dinosaur from? We're told in great detail in the first film, cleverly I might add as well, through that sort of infogram, that infomercial starring Mr. DNA about how these dinosaurs came to pass. In summary, it was from uh, using the DNA that was from blood inside a fossilized mosquito, right? Okay, so, you know, it's a bit of a leap, but it can make sense. And they go into a lot of detail to explain how it's come to pass. However, in this, there's no explanation whatsoever. I mean, first off, how could they get the DNA for that aquatic dinosaur in the first place is ridiculous but the thing is is don't think about it too long because they don't even bother explaining it to you uh, and and then you know i want to mention one thing the score you know you think about the original film i could challenge any one of you right now to hum at least one phrase one piece of uh, of the original score and and all of you would be able to you'd be able to at least hum two minutes worth of it can anybody hum a single phrase from this new score? The answer is no. The, the only time that the, the, the music evokes any sort of emotion from us is when Michael Gian... Uh, I can't remember his name now. I think it's Michael Giancino. Uh, he's basically the, the guy who's um, done the music for Lost. He's a very big uh, uh, musical composer now. Don't get me wrong, I think his work is fantastic, but it's not John Williams. And the only time that uh, we, we evoke some sort of emotion from us is when John music's um, John Williams' music is being played. Uh, quickly before we move on, a number of plot holes. Claire and Owen share a romantic kiss after uh, the big bird attack, just after Claire's assistant has been brutally killed. Uh, Zach, one of the teenage boys, manages to get a 20-year-old car to start after it's been off the road in a jungle for 20 years. Um, why doesn't uh, Jurassic Park have an evacuation plan? It doesn't even have to be in the case of a dinosaur attack. It could be anything, a flood, a fire a storm there's nothing they're just herded into like a trough uh, all the humans together in the baking sun for that big bird attack on them you know it's just ridiculous uh, they get owen to assess the paddock after it's been built he's the resident diner expert why not ask him earlier you know there's a scene where he tries to calm the raptors down which basically shits on everything they were told in the first three jurassic park films in that dinosaurs can be tamed and then as soon as he leaves the cage they try and eat him anyway so it's just a complete contradiction and then we're also uh, we're, we're, we're told that the telecoms you know are fine one minute but then they're flimsy the next minute every time that somebody needs to make an edge and call the telecoms aren't working and there's no explanation as mm -hmm. to why they keep cutting out at all basically i'm just going to say it's a complete shambles of a film and the fact that it made a lot of money at the box office is completely irrelevant because we can look at films like suicide squad which also made a shit ton of money at the box office and we can all agree that that was fucking awful so thank you very much Okay, um, I think it's fair to say there's a lot of disagreement on <laughs> in Jurassic World. Uh, just before I come to character <laughs> witness, Joel, is there anything you'd like to come back briefly? Yeah, I will. I that? will keep it very, very brief. You know, some some of what Gav said. You know, he, he has got merit. You know, the first time you see Jurassic Park, it's very difficult. I think after you've seen that film, to then in a sequel encapsulate the exact same feeling again. So I don't think, as I said in my first point, it's it's fair to even compare it to the original. You know, the safety issues, some of the other stuff that Gav said is exactly what I said in my first point. You know, you can't overanalyze the film. You know, the evacuation plan, all this type of stuff, it's not there because if there was there, you wouldn't have a film, basically. The CGI, you know, it was used because the technology is available now and it wasn't available back in 1993 or whatever it was. 
And the Mosasaur scene that Gav said was terrible was actually lauded. The director, I actually researched this beforehand, he checked with Spielberg about it, and Spielberg apparently loved it as well. And he actually gave him uh, some pointers and suggestions on, on what to do with the scene. And also the tracking device, Gav said, why didn't they check it? Um, it is actually explained in the film. The um, Indominus hides somehow a thermal signature, which means that it doesn't appear on the screen, which is why they go in uh, the paddock. And then eventually when she comes out from hiding, it's why it just suddenly appears on the screen. And like the, the guy is like, you know, shit, she's in there with you type of thing. So that's all. Oh, and one last thing, the DNA. This is kind of pissing on the whole franchise as a whole. You know, I, I did read like if, you know, like one of those articles saying if can Jurassic Park happen, but m they get it from a mosquito and apparently, you know, DNA uh, basically degrades over some X amount of million years. So it would be impossible to do it in the first place. But also mosquitoes land on so many different creatures that it would be impossible to pinpoint the exact type of DNA that you want. So, you know, I'm just pissing on the full series. So not only is it implausible to have that Mosasaurus, it's also implausible to <laughs> have all of the other dinosaurs. every single dinosaur. Yeah, we've, I, I think, so we've established now, I see, that Jurassic Park is, a, is an implausible <laughs> thing. <laughs> Gavin Joel seemed to have agreed that apparently That's they the seem to have come... agree on. We, we, you know, maybe <laughs> some of us came to it in 92, but Gavin Joel have just figured out that Jurassic Park couldn't happen. <laughs> like... Uh, uh, Ozzy, there's quite a lot to, there's quite a lot of points here so I'm just going to leave it to you you know what, what, you know listening to them what I do can, you think I can see a bit of both sides here actually I, I would be swinging on the fence quite a lot for for this part of the argument when I first watched it in the in the cinema I went I was a massive skeptic and I came out thinking what the hell the safety in this park is outrageous <laughs> all of those same questions and um Everyone I went in with absolutely loved it. They took it for what it is, a dinosaur, eat him up, yeah. basically. And um, when I watched it again for this, I thought, you know what, it's, there's, there are loads of flaws in this film, but it's a, it's a good, it's a bit like watching some of the later diehards, you know, they're still good funny okay, films. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, you know, it's, it's not a... You don't want to think about it too much. It's, it's not a scientific it's not documentary. It's no, sort of like the Die Hard an analogy. It's not like the yeah, first. Yeah, it's not die the hard. original. It's not. It's not new. Yeah, but um, but it's not a bad take. Um, I remember thinking originally with this uh, this who was it who brought up Chris Pratt with his uh dinosaurs? Or was that before the show? Uh, it was just you, just about <laughs> like fifteen minutes ago, to be honest with you. But it's about the whole training the dinosaur oh, thing. Training, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's um. I remember thinking, oh, this is just absolute bull bullshit. Like, how can you do this? We've been told this for three films now that these these are wild animals, no chance. And um, and all of the techniques he uses are what I've been trying to do with my dog. So I kind of no, they don't work on a dog, and um, I'm sure they. I'm sure that th there's a lot of you can see all the theory. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. That, that these these animals were behaving like dogs, but I got I got the idea of it. It was I thought it was. Pleasant. It was nice. It was a pleasant film. Okay, yeah. so doesn't uh, but those okay. two arguments there? They were, they, both, well, they were both. They were both very good. Yeah, there's no. Um, I couldn't go either way with those two arguments there. They're okay, both very so valid. so I've I've still got to make my mind up. It does seem like I'm going to lose. I'm loving that jumper that you're wearing today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm loving those pajama bottoms that you're wearing. They're yours. Why why are you wearing them though? I'd rather not say. It does seem like I'm going to lose one of you as a friend at the end of this. So I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm hoping we can sort of calm it down now because it's getting a bit heated there. So, Gav, I'm going to ask you now as prosecution to lead with your next point. Oh, well, honestly, if you thought it was getting heated beforehand, I'm going to crank up the temperature a bit more here. So I want to talk a little bit about something that Joel mentioned previously. It's characters. And right, first off, first off the bat, I'm going to say this uh, for anyone playing Gav Bingo. I know that I mentioned this quite a lot, sexism in films. Uh, but I think that this is one of, if not the worst examples of sexism in the film that I've seen in a long, long time. I think Jurassic World is one of the sexist films I've, I've seen. There are only five female characters in the entire film. And each one of those female characters is a bad female stereotype. 
So I'll, I'll list the, th- the five characters for you and tell you what the stereotypes are. So we've got the first one is the girlfriend. The stereotype is the girlfriend. She has no dialogue at all, and she is used only to pine after Zach, the tall teenager. Uh, and that's basically used as a tool to make us believe how dreamy he is. Then the second one is the techie assistant, whose stereotype is the manic pixie dream girl. She uses mm. quirky dialogue and humor, and she's all a bit like fluffy and dreamy and unicorns. Um, This is the only character who isn't punished for being a woman. But a positive stereotype is still a stereotype nonetheless. Then we have Karen, who is played by the criminally underutilized Judy Greer. Uh, Her stereotype is the shrew. She is the mom. She is Claire's sister and the mother to the two kids in the film. She spends her limited screen time worrying and crying a lot. Uh, then we have Zara, who Joel mentioned before. Um, that is uh, the stereotype is that of the superficial bitch. So she is the shallow and an, uh, an annoying superficial one. She's very frustrated at being left with in charge of the kids. Uh, she eventually loses them, and for that she is punished with the most horrifying death in the entire film. Even Vincent D'Onofrio's main bad guy gets a less visceral death than Zara, who is torn limb from limb by the giant birds and then eaten by the mosasaurus so yeah take that you snobby british bitch uh, then the last one is the worst one in the entire film which is that of claire who is her stereotype is the ice queen she is a careerist she's emotionally dead and unmaternal character who has no connection with her nephews when they first arrive once the kids get lost and the crisis emerges claire and owen begin a voyage into the island to rescue them without stopping to get changed into any appropriate clothing, that is. Um, She traverses through jungle-like conditions in white pants and suit jacket and stiletto high heels. Uh, They could have at least given her like a quick change, like a gym bag or something that she could put her trainers on or something. It's almost as if she knew she didn't know that the dinosaur was going to get out. No. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Honestly, they could have written something into that. Have you ever seen *Romance in the Stone*? Alex, I know you have. I have that's seen the exact Romance. same. The has got out. I'll no, put me training no, on. That's the exact same thing. You know, Kathleen Turner's character yeah, yeah. is in the jungle. She's got, uh, and it's a case of Michael Douglas says, "Oh, yeah, yeah, use yeah, these yeah. shoes." It's it's not it's not as hard as that. The whole implausibility about those high heel shoes. I'm just going to leave out because that's one of the worst bits in the entire film. The fact that she spends the entirety of that film running around in those six inch high heel shoes, even running away from a T Rex attack right at the very end. <laughs> right, and so I don't even get me started on them anyway she's sweet talked by owen loses her clothes and her inhibitions and realizes that she doesn't need to have a career after all all she needs is a man and a family i mean you know why can't she have both it doesn't matter she has no idea about the dinosaurs that feature in her own park and spends the majority of the film acting as the damsel in distress but um, to be saved by owen she is ridiculed and berated throughout the film by every single character she's highly unlikable throughout and actually a bad guy who should be arrested at the end of the film considering that the park owner the crazy scientist and the military villain are all eaten or either escape she is the most senior member of staff left we see at least 20 deaths on screen with probably dozens more occurring off screen surely she should be left with all the blame especially considering she is responsible for a lot of it anyway that's getting me off topic there um Anyway, after seeing the original trailer, Joss Whedon tweeted, I'm too busy wishing this clip wasn't 70s sexist, uh, 70s era sexist. She's a stiff, he's a life force, really, still. Then Colin Trevorrow, the director, replied with, I wasn't bothered by what Joss Whedon said uh, about the movie, and to be honest, I don't disagree with him. So, right, thanks for that. I I know I'm I'm doing this in a kind of jokey way, but the truth of it is there are no well-written female characters in Jurassic World at all, and more importantly, there are no female role models. The fact is that, like, this wouldn't bother me as much. I mean, it'd still be frustrating and annoying and it'd still go on about it, but it wouldn't bother me as much if it wasn't a direct sequel to Jurassic Park, which features well-written characters well-written female characters we had laura Dern's ellie sattler who was a brilliant doctor who was intelligent heroic fleshed out she was as intelligent as funny she had as much screen time as much dialogue as sam neil jeff goldblum and the other characters she showed in- intelligence and bravery throughout and she was a role model to millions of young fans both girls and boys the fact of the matter is that all of the women in this film are just completely 
non-entities. It, it's it's farcical that the, the, the women don't make up more of the cast. But just going into a bit more detail on some of the other characters, we've got uh, Simon Masrani, who's played by uh, the tremendous Ifran Khan, who is criminally underutilized again. He's the CEO, a dreamer, but ultimately a slave to money. Uh, he's the John Hammond of the film, and there's no time spent developing his character, uh, who uh, eventually makes a ludicrous decision to fly a helicopter into the Adominus Rex, even though he cannot actually fly a helicopter. And his character is extremely unbelievable and quite unlikable. Then we have B.D. Wong, who's the geneticist from the original film, who has played God by splicing a T-Rex's genes with other dinos to create an ultimate killing machine. What could have been a very interesting character development? Why has he turned so bad? Never explored. Then we've got Gray, uh, the youngest kid, uh, who is the staple dinosaur-loving kid in every Jurassic Park film. He is essentially this film's Tim from the original. Tim was a great foil for Alan and challenged his preconceptions of kids and, to an extent, dinosaurs. Gray likes dinosaurs and cries that his parents are divorcing. That is generally it. Then we have his older brother, Zach, who is the Lex of the film. Lex had a fleshed-out character. Um, she had a comedy sibling rivalry with Tim, and she was a computer geek. Zach likes girls. That's about it. Um, then we have... Uh, sorry, yeah, so although they have roughly the same time on screen as Lex and Tim, there's no time spent on these characters. They are just children in peril, there to be saved by Owen. And because they don't have a relationship with their aunt uh, and a parent, their parents are both off screen for the majority of the film, we're not invested in these characters in the slightest bit. Then the last two characters I want to talk about, Vic Hoskins, the main baddie from the film, completely unbelievable. He wants to weaponize velociraptors and wants to test the validity of this by releasing them on the island of guests. Uh, he is tunnel-visioned and completely implausible and lacks the intelligence you'd expect a man of his position to have. This is a guy who genuinely thinks Velociraptors would be a sensible addition to the U.S. Army. Uh, and then we've got Owen, who was played by Chris Pratt. You know, fantastic actor. He delivers a very, very dialed-down version of Star-Lord. You know, that's that's exactly what, what he's doing. It's almost like he's auditioning to be the next Indiana Jones. He looks great. You know, he's funny. Obviously, all the funny lines are reserved for him, but that's it. You can't just make a film just based on one character. And the thing is, is that his character isn't even fleshed out either. He's a dino expert. What else do we know? He went on a date with the, the main woman, and mm, that's about it. I'm sorry. The characters in this are completely, completely paper thin, and the women characters in it are just deplorable. Okay. Uh, strong views. So I'm going to pass it over to Joel as defence. Um, Honestly, uh, I started that? writing some notes down and then it went on for that friggin' long, like I just decided <laughs> to stop. Why don't you give us another synopsis of, this, of the film, hey, please? Guys, we're all <laughs> friends here. All right. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, if I could level one particular criticism at this film, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say the characters are super strong because they're not, but Gav keeps falling into the same trap, which is said... In my original argument, which is overanalyzing a lot of the aspects of this film, I mean, like I said, a lot of the characters, they are paper thin, but, you know, I'm just going to start on the dinosaurs, actually. They are characters in this film, after all. You know, the Indominus, it's just a cool dinosaur. You know, it's like when you were kids and you draw pictures of, like, a lion with, like, a machine gun with wings and stuff. That's exactly what this is. You know, I I actually, Jesus. like... You know, as uh, uh, as a child, like I, I was really into. Go on, do you want to say? Sorry, something? no. I was just at school with him. He did do. He did do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that's literally what this film is—a child's Hang drawing. On, sorry, no, I should have interrupted. Sorry. Um, so yeah, you know, you know, my other half always laughs at me, but I was always kind of into dinosaurs. I used to read about them and stuff. And it's actually when you read like about the dinosaurs that the Indominus was kind of spliced with or modified with that you see um, kind of little, kind of interesting little bits and bobs that happened in the film that you know, kind of really aren't obvious. So one of them was uh, a Majungasaurus, which is a cannibal dinosaur. And there's a scene uh, in the film where the Indominus, is, they're talking about it, and she basically says, you know, oh, she ate her sibling type of thing. So uh, that's where, like, that came from. Another one uh, was a Carnotaurus. And again, you know, I was a big fan uh, when I was younger. I read the novels, and these dinosaurs are featured quite heavily in the Lost World novel, and they're not actually in the film. 
Uh, but there's like a scene in the last. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's a scene in the uh, sorry. Uh, I was trying to get it up for the, for the conclusion. Sorry. In, in the lost in the lost world uh, novel, where the Carnotaurus kind of wait outside to ambush them and they ca- camouflage themselves again, which is where uh, the Indominus gets that ability from, like in in you know this film. So it's just a, r- a really cool dinosaur, to be honest. It's scary. They needed to go bigger than a T Rex, I think. You know, T Rex Velociraptors. They've been done a lot of times before. And maybe the effect was wearing off a little bit. And I think just adding that extra dinosaur who's smarter, bigger, you know, more dangerous, kind of got special abilities, for lack of a better word. Um, so that was really cool. You know, the raptors, you know, fan favorite. Uh, they're kind of like an apex predator. And I think adding the part, you know, of Owen taming them. But you also have that aspect that he's not really got them fully tamed. You know, there's always like that kind of knife edge where will they listen to him, won't they listen to him type of thing. And I think that was like a really nice addition to it. So in terms of the human characters, you know, Chris Pratt, he's got a really good amount of charisma. You know, I think he's pretty much hot property in Hollywood at the moment, you know, and I don't think that's for for no reason. He's got really good witty one-liners. He's got good comedic timing, you know, as everything we used to uh, with Chris Pratt. And he's generally, you know, a likable character. He's helped by the fact that he's kind of like the he's like the polar opposite of the career dedicated Claire. So he's like kind of disorganized. He's messy, you know. He's kind of uh, cool, all that type of thing. So Claire played played by uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. You know, Gav said she wasn't that great, but actually, you know, if you uh, have a look at kind of you know reviews and things like that, her performance was actually lauded in this film. Um, so she's overseeing the park. She is an uptight businesswoman. You know, there is kind of some uh, gen- gender stereotyping, as Gab said, but it's not as bad as what he makes out. You know, he's, he's putting a really tough spin on things. Um, so she does have a character arc, even though it doesn't seem kind of completely obvious at the start. She's got no time for her nephews kind of whatsoever. She doesn't seem to care about them. You know, she's not really bothered about family at all. You know, it's kind of hinted at that this is the first time that she's actually seen them and they're like, I don't know how old they're meant to be. Um, but by the end of the film, she's starting to come around to to family. She's starting to develop some maternal instincts. You know, they kick in like the protective side of things and all that type of thing. Uh, you know, and she kind of steps up to the plate in the end. She does spend the entire film in high heels. I get that. And there are kind of silly aspects to it. But like I said, you know, you overanalyze it and you're doing the film, you know, a disservice. It, it's a monster movie. It's about escaping from a dinosaur. It's not about the backstory of these characters. They are there to be chased by dinosaurs. They aren't there to learn about, you know, what they did in their, in their lives beforehand. So Gav said Chris Pratt was the funniest. I disagree. I think that goes to Jake Johnson, who is Nick from New Girl. So he was like the operator. Uh, he kind of stayed like behind the scenes on the phone, like advising them uh, what to do. Um, so I think he was a great character, actually, probably one of the best in the film. Um, and the weaker notes were the kind of antagonists. Uh, so you've got like Dr. Wu, who was B.D. Wong. You've got like the sadistic uh, supervisor, Vic Hoskins, who was Vincent D'Onofrio. And you've got the kind of park owner, who was uh, Simon Masrani. And Khan's character is probably the most layered out of the bunch, with the other two kind of who almost are a little bit cartoonish uh, in the way they come across. Um, but they had like a really specific story to tell that they wanted to weaponize dinosaurs and they were used specifically for that purpose and then pretty much, you know, discarded. So like I said, literally in my opening argument, you know, the characters, they are thin, uh, but they've all got a well-defined purpose and motivation. And that is literally to be there to escape from dinosaurs, to move the plot on further, you know, whatever it is, they all have a job to do and they'll do that job. Okay, great. Um, I'm gonna say well, I'm gonna. We, we, I think we're coming up to wrapping it up now. So I've heard lots. Aussie, is there something just you've heard all the arguments now? Is there a final thing you want to add? Not, not, not. Re- I don't necessarily disagree with anything either of them have said, and I think that doesn't make your job any easier <laughs> because <laughs> because actually the two of them speak the truth. Mm, yeah. The characters are paper thin. It's not a. It's, it's the same as it's the same as uh just like Joe was saying. It's one of those films that you can't really overanalyze. It's entertaining. What about I mean, Gav was talking about female stereotypes. Joel uh, said that he understood there were female stereotypes, but Gav was putting a bit of a hard spin on it. What what's 
they are bang on female stereotypes. Yeah. They're um, I don't I don't necessarily think they distract you from the film. However, mm. the, the entire everyone is paper thin. Everyone is a stereotype. Nobody has a good story. Um, it, it's exactly as Gav said. You know, and Joel didn't disagree with him either. It is. It's pa- they are paper. They're thin. just the degree of of how much. Yeah, they they're not really they're part they're of the not story. None <laughs> no, no, of the men stereotypes. I mean, Chris Pratt to an extent. You know, being kind of disorganized, lovable rogue. But they are all stereotypes. Even yeah. the villains come across as like cartoonic, stereotypical villains. That I don't think like that. You anybody is going to watch it. You, you almost kind of expect Vincent D'Onofrio to kind of like curl his moustache and have like an evil laugh or something. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, they're all there for a purpose. They all do the job and, and that's what they're there for. Okay. Women just seem to be there to tick a couple of boxes, to be honest. It's like, shit, we haven't written a woman into this film. Oh, let's uh, have a bratty assistant. Let's just have a, a... a woman gets the mom. best death in the film, so... <laughs> that's actually... I read up a lot about that and that has been debated as one of the... Um, biggest shocking deaths that is completely uncalled for in film because uh, mainly it's a PG-13 film, as yeah. you said. It was pretty savage. It to be it's very savage yeah. for out of completely nowhere. And yeah. the thing is, is that that sort of death is usually in films reserved for a, a bad character. And the fact is that the only thing that she's done wrong is... And, you know, looked on her phone a bit too many times, been a bit Possibly of an really, yeah. Imagine Piss, like Pissed I, off the CGI I, guy. Yeah. Imagine yeah. a boyfriend yeah. at home getting a text like, um, your girlfriend's been eaten by... <laughs> Three hundred foot dinosaur w- w- was a passing peaceful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it was very quick. It just didn't feel like right. Me. Okay, to wrap up, so I'm going to ask um, Joe. You who Joel went first first time, so I'm going to ask Gav. Can you go first this time? Wrap up. You got one minute. Hang on, I'll get my watch out. Ready? Uh, go. I think Joel is is being ridiculous there. I would disagree. When groups are unrepresented, uh, they are made to feel like they should be grateful for any scrap of representation, no matter how ridiculous it is. And it's just not good enough considering it is a Hollywood blockbuster. When you look at Wonder Woman, there have been some terrific leaps in female characterization in cinema. And to see Jurassic Park take such a massive step back is so disappointing. 50% of the population are women, so why are they not represented this way in the cast? Why are there so many male characters? And some of the characters could have been played by women. There have been conscious choices by the director not to have women in, and it's just disappointing. The film has been admitted by the director was written in a matter of weeks, and it shows because the plot holes are massive. The script is paper thin, and the characters are terrible. It's greatly missing Michael Crichton, Steven Spielberg, and John Williams. Great. Okay. Wow. Ten seconds to go as well. Is there anything I got you panicked because Austin. Austin. <laughs> you got five seconds. Say it. Um, it's got okay. to be good. I, th- this might not be a big deal to four white and lads time. discussing the film. <laughs> but it is. Okay. Great. Right, Joel. Yeah, that is your time. Thank you very much, Gav. Your time starts now. Like I said, you know, my original argument just stands up completely for this. If you've had a bad week, bad day, stick this film on, watch it. You'll enjoy the film. You'll be on the edge of your seat for your entire thing. If you enjoyed Jurassic Park, you know, it's more of the same. It's thrilling. It's exciting. Some of the characters, you know, they're not great, as I said, but to harp on and repeat myself again, they're there for a purpose. They all do the jobs. They drive the story, you know, along. And it's great to see, you know, Jurassic Park back. I think it's the, the film that most fans were waiting for after 22 years. Great, okay, well within time again. I know, half a minute, anything to add? Anyone? Can I add something in there? <laughs> <laughs> too late, too late. Anything to add? you got t- what, 15 seconds. Nope. You, you could have said that for 15 seconds, but all right. Let's, I love uh, that in your closing statements, you <laughs> once again said it's not a great film. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's, it's okay. good, but not great. Okay, guys, <laughs> let's remember we're all friends here. We're all... Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. uh, Go on to the. Is there some sort of quiz you have? Yeah, while you are um, deliberating, deliberating, let's <laughs> have time for a bit of a quiz. Does anyone really want a quiz from somebody who dislikes dinosaurs so much? <laughs> I, don't, I don't dislike dinosaurs, mate. I fucking love them in Jurassic Park. I fucking love them. <laughs> I don't want to do the quiz. This is. <laughs> Right, okay, so uh, this one, I forgot my uh, my song before, I meant to say, uh, I, I feed the raptors, I sometimes feed the T-Rex too. Oh, <laughs> very <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that one, yeah. Nice. Right, thank you very much. Okay, this week's quiz is called Dino or Towie. I want you guys oh, to geez. differentiate <laughs> between uh, 
animated or cartoon or TV show dinosaurs <laughs> and recurring cast members from the TV series The Only Way is Essex. Oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> Brucey, uh, number one, Dino or Towie? Barney. Uh, dino. Towie. Both. Barney. Uh, oh, sorry, dinosaur. <laughs> Just repeat the name back to him. <laughs> yeah, I made it really easy. Sorry, the first one. It is a dino, the purple right. title character of Barney and Friends. Okay, number two, Alex Ruby. Um, Towie. Towie. Towie? Yes, that's right. Towie. It's a new cast member for season 21. Can't wait. <laughs> 21? 21. Oh it's ridiculous, God. isn't it? How? how? The, the Walking Dead can only dream of that sort of longevity. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, uh, so number three, Taylor, Alex. Dino or... Dino or Towie? Dino. Towie. Towie. Towie, well done, guys. It, once again, is a new cast member for season 23. <laughs> season 23. 23. 21. It's, well, in the time I've just spoken, the <laughs> two series. Okay, uh, number four, BJ. <laughs> Alex, is it Dino or uh, Towie? Dino. Dino. Towie. No, it is a dino, was he? Is that from Theodorus Rex? Uh, no, it's from Barney again. It's his really? mate. Oh, yeah. shit. Is, is there a, a question in here about Theodorus Rex? No. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, Alex, uh, Charlene, dino or Towie? Towie. Dino. Dino. Ooh, sorry, guys. Dino. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the... Uh, Protoceratops from Dinosaurs. Yeah. No. That TV show, remember Dinosaurs? Uh, okay, anyway, uh, Alex, uh, Dino or Towie, Millie? Millie, Dino. Dino. Towie? Yeah, Austin's right. From oh, season 18, she's done 12 episodes. It's Millie. <laughs> uh, and number seven, uh, Dino or Towie, Maddie? Maddie. Tau- uh, Dino. Towie. Dino. Oh, Joel's no. right. It is Towie. Damn. New cast member for season 21. <laughs> <laughs> is it all new cast members? Set year ago. Well, I t- didn't know how, how much you guys knew or liked Towie, so I needed to <laughs> yeah, 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 think sorry. outside the box here. And the last one here is Spike. Dino or Towie? Dino. That's from dinosaurs as well, isn't it? Dino. I just only know him as a vampire. Oh, yeah. Towie. Perfect. Uh, no, Austin, sorry, it is Dino. Oh. You've got it wrong there. It's the Stegosaurus from The Land Before Time. So, oh. Thank you very much. Well, good quiz. And well found done. out that there's 20, what, 21 and counting episodes? And counting. Seasons. Wow. I'm so hyped for season 21 of oh, Tower now. Oh, no. How many seasons Millie's must we be doing a year, though? <laughs> right, okay. So thank you for the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was me just thinking out loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for the quiz. Uh, I have to say, as I'm sort of talking, I kind of haven't made my mind up, so I'm just going to start. I'm just going to start blabbing and see what comes out. This is this is really difficult. I think Ozzy's had a hard job as character witness. Um, so Joel's talking, sort of talking about being a box office smash. The numbers, you know, support it. It's been massive. It's perfect action film, total escapism. It's a simple plot that's there to do a job. You know, dinosaurs escape, chase people. It's not as good as the original, but it doesn't need to be. It's his own film. Um, it's got some great CGI and like little touches of nostalgia. And two decades on, it's what you know, it's what the fans wanted. Uh, Gav sort of was saying it couldn't escape the original, that it just doesn't stack up. Um, there are serious safety issues within it that are really unbelievable, and there are and there are like massive plot holes. I have to say, after this round of arguing, um, I say this a lot when I'm judged. Plot holes do not bother me that much, and you know, in this film, I wasn't watching it going, "Hang on a minute," where you know, I just wasn't. It didn't occur to me that the Indominus Rex could have a chip because I was just like, no, but the Indominus Rex just has to be off. Like the dinosaurs are going to get, you know, if it was a really well thought through evacuation sequence and we just, that was the film <laughs> of Jurassic World was everyone just orderly queuing as the dinosaurs were contained. It would, ju- it would just be shit. And I'm not it, saying uh, that they were to just <laughs> have that, that film. Did, no, I was saying say that. that to have an, ev- an evacuation plan, right. they could have done something with that plan instead get, of just get, having it. Shout, oh, shouting at me is not going to help at all. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait until we stop recording. <laughs> I'm not an angry person. <laughs> right, okay. So the serious safety issues, th- th- there's just going to be safety issues in Jurassic Park and they don't have to be believable. And Jurassic Park itself doesn't have to be believable. It just has to be dinosaurs. And I just have to not think at any point 
hang on a minute. And I didn't, you know, and it, I, I don't think it really ruins the film. So for me, the plot holes weren't that big a thing. I think the score, I think that was an interesting thing. The, the score definitely just sort of um, builds on the first one, but, and it's not as memorable, but I'm not sure if that, I'm not sure if that's, mm, I don't know. So um, going on to the next thing, Gav was talking about the bad female stereotypes. I hadn't thought it, but he's right. There are, you know, it's not, they're not, they're not great female characters. I do have to agree with Joel. You're not going to like it at all. I, d- I do think you slightly put a hard spin on it. Are you having a laugh? <laughs> yes. It was a joke. <laughs> 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 it was a funny joke about... <laughs> no, uh, I do think... I do. I think the point that Joel made in rebuttal was, was fair. There aren't any well-written characters at all in this film. Everyone's paper thin. And the, the best characters are the dinosaurs. Um... So uh, the kids are annoying. You were right. Uh, there are some people that aren't used enough, and the you know characters aren't explored. But I I thought that Chris Pratt was really good in this film. I thought you know we are watching it for the dinosaurs, and there are some you know there's some silly bits, but it's just a fun action film. It's a hit. No, oh, no, I'm not happy. I'm genuinely not happy in this I, one. I can possibly see. Can we? Can we? Have some music or something. <laughs> Gav, can, can we have some music? No. <laughs> right, moving on. I'll, I'll Thank you very much. In. Should we, should we <laughs> have cut in some celebration? Do we have genuine music? opinions? I don't like it. You might. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gav, come on. What, do, what don't you like about it? I, I honestly think that it is. It's done a terrible amount for women in Hollywood, women actors, aspiring well, you th- women actors. You think this film has, has, yeah, done, honestly, has like, a honestly, bad impact on... <clears throat> yeah, because well, right, if you're an aspiring female actress uh, and you watch that film, what what, what are you thinking is, is there for you in, in cinema? It's just basically, oh, I can either be a superfluous character with no dialogue at all, or I can be an absolute hideous stereotype. I feel like it was a little bit of nuance to Bryce Dallas Howard's character. I don't think there was all me, honestly. It was the complete... I can see what they were trying to do in the fact that, like, the first film had Sam Neill, and he was all, oh, yeah, I don't want a family. I just want to concentrate on work. Mm. And then if you're spending time with those kids, he, you know, was warm to it at the end and he was like oh yeah. actually you know what yeah There's but he formed there. a genuine bond with those kids yeah. he was with them for a long period of time you know Bryce dialed how it just didn't work it was just it was her being you know having a career at the beginning and then it was just kind of like patriarchy smashing down yeah. oh actually no, no you don't need a career what you need to do is go home and make us all a pie in fact, you in know fact, in fact if you look at the 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 screen the screenshot for the you know the for, for Jurassic World that's you know our great Winston as superimposed there is like Chris Pratt protecting everyone yeah. and you know the woman honestly like it's just so it's like it's in film so many times like honestly and it, it just it gets tired a lot of the time and you know I, you know I bring it up quite a lot and most of the time you know I can have a bit of a laugh and a joke about it but this is like a genuine film that I think the, the reason that it's so annoying is because they had Jurassic Park and they had even Jurassic Park 2 and even to an extent Jurassic Park 3 had decent female characters in it. Well, Laura the, Dern is very broody in the first one though, isn't she? Yeah, but the thing is, is that she has an equal amount of screen time. She has an equal amount of dialogue. She's as intelligent. She's as heroic. She's as, she might have been a bit yeah, broody, okay. but you yeah. know, like... Yeah, yeah. It's, no, I know. That's she's just not a damsel in distress. Exactly. And that, 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 that's what it is. Like the fact of the matter is that there is, so let's say... Uh, 15 main characters in Jurassic World and only five of them are women. Um, so why couldn't have some of the other ones been women? I you do know? think what you were saying about <laughs> the weird assistant, the weird assistant's death, I do remember that because all yeah. the, the, the violence does isn't really coming out and then that, that was a very odd It was bit. pretty gruesome, wasn't it? And, yeah. and shock. It, I thought that was actually shocking. Yeah, yeah, didn't I didn't expect it. Was, it. Was, it was just yeah, like, yeah. honestly, it was just completely out of the blue. It's that's usually reserved for like a big baddie. And yeah. It, you know, it was just... Are you almost odd. happy to see gone? Yeah, you know, when and it, happens, it, yeah. you, you kind of felt like going, oh, what, why? What, what's what's happened there? So, uh, Ozzy, are you happy it's a hit? Yeah, or I am actually, yeah. The, no, the first yeah. time I watched it, I was well and truly in the shit list uh, yeah. camp. And then when I watched it last night, I thought this is pretty good. I took yeah. it for what it was. Fun. It's a fun, fun dinosaur film. It's, uh, it's relatively good. And Don Julio, what did you think? Yeah, Jurassic Park 3, like, really dented my love for like the series and this kind of did bring it back a little bit i think one of the big criticisms which i'm surprised gav didn't really touch on considering he went into safety issues and shit was you know after the first film like the big fuck up there how did they even 
get you know permission to in. open up yeah, a, a yeah. park and the exact same I place. Said that at the beginning it was just like they haven't learned from any of the mistakes. It's like 20 years later and it's actually in worse condition than when it <laughs> originally was opened. But you know, I, I don't think it's as bad as Gav makes out personally. I, I think you just watch this film for the dinosaurs and I think like it literally just there's a lot of dinosaurs. There's a lot of dinosaurs and there's a T-Rex and a Velociraptor against an Indominus Rex. I mean, yeah, they team up another fight. I don't care if they can't talk. That like just do it. Just have them fight. Those characters, uh, I thought Joel was going to come up with the um, the thing, oh yeah, well, uh, all the dinosaurs are women. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point. They're really strong female characters there. Yeah, yeah, strong female characters who are kept in isolation. In fairness, he did not bring up that by men. You did. And are killed. (laughs) Killed by men. Yeah, anyway, right. Well, uh, right. So, uh, on to the caption contest. I have used uh, the famous uh, scene of Chris Pratt trying to calm down three raptors. Um, and um, I've got a few uh, quotes for it. So, okay, right. Judging by applause, right. First one is stop hammer time. <laughs> right, okay. Right. Uh, the next one we've got is... Um, duh, 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 sorry. Um, once more, fellas, on three, one, two, three. High on a hill, said a lonely goat. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, also, we've got this one. Uh, dance off, you and me, bros. Uh, and here we go. Uh, last one here. Uh, for the last time, it's step, kick, step, pivot, kick, kick, sachet, jazz hands. Like you guys that. aren't even trying. I like that one. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Last one. Okay, yeah. well done. Uh, what the Kragas saw, uh, you have won yourself a nice Freddo. Oh, lovely. So are you actually starting to post Freddos off? I am starting to post Freddos off. So if people have received Freddos, maybe send a little picture to our Twitter I've account. With you enjoying your Freddo, please. <laughs> uh, so, right, just wrapping it up. Um, next week, we're actually moving on to our Christmas month. So throughout December, we're all going to be picking one of our favorite and underappreciated Christmas films and putting it on trial, uh, similar to what we did for Halloween in October. So first up is going to be Joel, whose pick is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So he's going to be defending it. Joel, why do you like this film so much? Uh, I think everyone just has one of those films that you watched every year, whether it was with you know your family or your friends or whatever. And National Lampoon was is that film for me. You know, every single year we have it on, my mum and dad still laugh. You know, uh, like the scene with the squirrel where it jumps out, my mum literally snorts and all sorts when she's watching that. You know, it's just one of them films for me, which which I watch every year. Okay, uh, right. So the other roles we've picked out at random. uh, So acting as prosecution against Joel is going to be Alex. Uh, Acting as judge is going to be Captain Dave. And as character witness is going to be my good self. Uh, obviously, Austin, you can be lending some bits of information and advice here and there as well, because we've had such a great time over the past three weeks that it would be such a shame for you to... Uh, Who is Dave? Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I can't remember. Uh, so, yes, uh, just a bit of a closing thing to say. You can follow us on Twitter at Film Trials. Please send in your film request. Once December is out of the way, we will go back to pulling films out at random from the hat. Uh, also, while you're on Twitter, follow our graphic artist, Winston Sang, at the underscore quirks. He's the one who provides all the hilarious pictures each week. This week, I think, is a very, very good one, Jurassic World. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, and while you're there as well, why not give Austin Ray a follow, at Aussie Ray. Also, you can listen to all of our shows, look at stuff like all of our previous quizzes and the hit list and the shit list uh, by logging on or uh, listening to our new websites www.filmsontrial.co.uk there'll be links to all of our previous episodes and a bit of information on the show itself Uh, so without further hesitation (laughs) i'd just like to say uh, next week we're going to be in your ears with national lampoon's christmas vacation thank you everybody goodbye (laughs) 